Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Academic Skills Center's Savvy Student Podcast. The Academic Skills Center offers a wide range of student resources from writing courses and workshops to stats, math, accounting, and SPSS tutoring. Today's podcast is a special episode because we have two guests today, Manager of Graduate Writing Courses, Hillary Wentworth, and Center for Academic Excellence faculty member, Chris Taylor. That is because we are discussing a rather serious topic, paraphrase generators and the Center for Academic Excellence Graduate Writing Courses. Say it in your own words. I mean, when we, we do this all the time, you know, when we tell somebody about a movie we just saw that we love, we're kind of doing that. Yeah. Because we're saying, you know, this happened and that happened. We're we're telling them, we're shortening it, summarizing it, we're giving it to them in our own words. My name is Sean Peach. I'm the manager of faculty outreach and student communication for the Academic Skills Center, and I am your host of the Savvy Student Podcast. So sit back, listen up, and get ready for a great show. So welcome, Hillary and Chris, to the 16th episode of the Savvy Student Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks. And uh, as you know, for the show, we start by going over the bios of our guests, and I'll make that quick because we have a lot to talk about today. So, Hillary, you are manager of the graduate writing courses and co-lead faculty for graduate writing, and you were featured in episode four of our podcast, in addition to numerous blog posts that you've written on the Savvy Student blog. Chris, you are a Center for Academic Excellence faculty who teaches both graduate writing one and graduate writing two, critical thinking for social change, and basic APA style. Uh, you joined Walden in 2017 and have been teaching distance education since 2003. Did I miss um, anything? Because I pretty much read right off the right off no, the whole internet that we have. That's great. Thank okay. you. Can you guys, can you, either of you explain to the listeners what the topic of today's show is and what exactly a paraphrase generator is? And if you feel free uh, to share an anonymous example, please go ahead and do so. Well, I can get us started and then Chris, you can pop in whenever. Uh, but yeah, I learned about paraphrase generators maybe only about a year ago, but they've probably been in existence prior to that. But they're really products of the internet age. Mm -hmm. They're individual websites where a person can copy and paste existing material, so something like a research article, and they plunk it into this little box on the website, and then it spits out a paraphrase. And I'm putting, you can't see me, but I'm putting paraphrase in quotation marks because <laughs> it's not a true paraphrase, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about <laughs> that a little bit later, too, about why that's, that's not a true paraphrase. But essentially, each word in the original is individually exchanged with what the site itself has determined as a synonym. So it's looking at each word in isolation and swapping that out with a synonym. You know, right off the bat, there are a couple of problems with this, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so the student is not coming up with their own writing. They're using this other tool to do the writing for them. And so it could be considered cheating. Mm -hmm. And then also, it's just an algorithm that doesn't really know the quirks of the English language or all of our words that have various meanings. So mm -hmm. it might spit out words that don't really reflect right. what that original source is saying. Did you want to add anything there, Chris? Um, yeah, I was just thinking that um, when you were saying that, that if you Google how to beat Turnitin or how to beat SafeAssign, you get these sites and they will make promises about how they do that. 
But I, I was also thinking uh, that I find it really interesting that a lot of these sites um, call themselves tools. Really? Which is kind of a trick. It makes students think of it kind of as a learning tool instead of just a way to plagiarize, which is wow. kind of what it is, basically. Because students aren't really paraphrasing. They're not summarizing or synthesizing information in their own words. Okay. So it's not, you know, it's not really a paraphrasing tool you know chris is the first time i've ever heard someone say how to beat turn it in as a as a googling <laughs> phrase i've never heard that phrase because i never i just I, I don't know if i've ever submitted anything through turn in so i didn't know about that but that seems it's a really just, interesting idea yeah, i just had so, to try it to see what i got <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's it's googled quite often yeah. So these things that you're both seeing in so so students writing that you see with with use of paraphrase generators, um, are these things that you see and you just immediately recognize it, or is it something that's that's pretty difficult to parse? There are certain words that I'm starting that I've noticed that some people are mentioning that are um, big clues, okay. um, like. I played around with one of them, and I noticed it always changes the word students to understudies. Understudies. <laughs> yeah, it's just strange. And whenever I used something that had plagiarism in the sentence, it changed plagiarism to liter literary theft. It did that every time. <laughs> <laughs> So those are big clues. The understudies one is really common. Every every one that I tried changed students to understudies. I guess the the question that's really on my mind is how do you follow up with a student regarding this? How what is the way that you <laughs> contact them and talk to them about this subject? Well, I had suspicions a few times that just in discussion posts, not in papers, that something didn't seem quite right. And then when we had a discussion in one of my classes about paraphrasing, one of the students said, I'm using a paraphrasing tool, and she recommended it. Oh, and I no. thought, oh, she doesn't know what this, I just thought, you know, she doesn't really know what she's what this is and so i asked her for the link and i went to try it and i put in a quote from just a random quote i don't even remember what it was i put in there and it sort of spit back gibberish at me i mean it did not make any sense so i i you know i didn't want to you know make her feel bad in the discussion board sure. because i don't think she really understood what was going on and but we did have a discussion about what a paraphrase actually is okay. you know how a Paraphrase provides readers with an easier-to-understand summary or synthesis of the information, so it kind of decodes it for readers. And a paraphrasing generator doesn't do that. It, it does not show the writer's understanding of the passage, but just sure. changes the words. And um, so we talked about, you know, how a paraphrase is how how we are sort of decoding information and we're showing our readers how we understand it yeah. and that that's important, you know? And so we, we talked a lot about that and I, and she really got it. She's like, I just didn't think about it that way. Sure. So, uh, Hillary, you've uh, just encountered this as well, along with Chris and just trying to figure out, get your head around how to handle this when things are escalated. How is this, how, how do you guys handle these when they're escalated or when there's an issue that goes beyond a teachable moment? Well, at that point it's treated as any other academic integrity concern. Okay. So it would be taken through those steps. So the student would be, uh, there would be an inquiry letter where the student can explain, you know, 
why these anomalies might be happening in their work. Mm -hmm. And so they have the opportunity to dialogue with the program director and the instructor about that. Uh, and then if it's determined that the student has engaged in some sort of academic integrity violation, then they would have a sanction. So okay. uh, sometimes it's taking our academic integrity course, and sometimes sure. it's doing a module from the Writing Center on mm -hmm. preventing plagiarism. And then we also talk a lot about the resources that are available in the Academic Skills Center and the Writing Center. Mm -hmm. And sometimes with these issues, the root cause of it is actually that they lack confidence in their reading ability. Mm. So students might just go to that as kind of like a quick option when they don't even know really what's being said in the, the original passage. So sure. they don't trust themselves to paraphrase it on their own. So I would point students to our pages on developing reading skills. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the Writing Center has that module that I just was talking about on avoiding plagiarism sure. and a webinar on practicing paraphrasing. Okay. Uh, so those are all really helpful because as we know, reading and paraphrasing are fundamental skills that students really need to succeed at that graduate mm -hmm. level. I, I do want to conclude with um, you guys talking about on a, on a forward-thinking note, on a very positive note, I think we've done a great job of understanding like what uh, what we're doing with these paraphrase generators and how we can overcome them. But what uh, let's, let's end this with um, you guys each giving us a tip that you have for students who are in the graduate writing courses or not in other courses and are thinking about using a paraphrase generator or thinking about using one and as a, as a way of helping them through writing something what is what is each of your tip well i would i would definitely um, and hillary has covered quite a bit of this already i would definitely encourage students to visit the writing center because we have so many resources on paraphrasing you know mm -hmm. and ways to practice paraphrasing and that would be you know it's not a quick it's not a quick one but that would be my advice is to practice yeah. you know even practice doing it with a favorite novel oh. you know t take a paragraph and and try to you know say it in your own words i mean when we we do this all the time you know when we tell somebody about a movie we just saw that we loved we're kind of doing that yeah, because we're saying you know this happened and that happened. We're we're telling them we're shortening it, summarizing it. We're giving it to them in our own words, and so that you know that would be my advice is to practice. You know, Chris, that made me think of your example of the novel. Made me think of an interesting exercise, which would be to for a student to paraphrase you know a novel excerpt on their own but then run that excerpt through a paraphrase generator and see the difference, like which one is more easy to understand. And obviously it will probably be their own human created one mm -hmm. that will be easier to understand. So that's just an aside. But uh, <laughs> my tips are, well, the first one is to be skeptical. So mm. I'm thinking about that in terms of anything that's accessed online. So make sure that this resource that you're accessing is actually a tool to support your learning and not just something that's going to halt you in this way, that's going to provide that quick fix, but not the, the long-term solution or uh, the long-term growth. Sure. Uh, you know, there's that saying, no free lunch. Well, yeah, it's 
there's no free paraphrasing either. You have to put the work into it. <laughs> and the other thing is time management, because I think students probably fall victim to these generators when they're pressed for time and, you know, they haven't started on their assignment. It's due at midnight. Uh, so being more aware of where your time is going each week and trying to start on those assignments a little bit earlier. And I'm going to plug another Academic Skills Center resource. Uh, um, <laughs> it's our page on time management. And I know that we have the new interactive module there mm -hmm. that can help students allocate their time, see where it's going, and making sure that they're devoting enough time each day to reading and, and writing for their studies. Thank you very much, uh, both of you, for coming on here and talking about this topic. Um, it can be it's a very hot-button topic at the moment, and it's um, uh, it's very difficult to talk about sometimes um, because there are severe and real consequences with it. So um, I appreciate both of you coming on here and um, discussing this topic with me and, and for our listeners so we can have a clear idea of what a paraphrase generator is and um, how it can be damaging and uh, ways we can get around it. Um, so thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. John. I want to thank my guests, Hillary Wentworth and Chris Taylor, for speaking with us. Be sure to check out the show notes on our blog to find out more about our discussion. For graduate writing courses support, please visit the Academic Skills Center website at academicskills.waldenu.edu. I also want to mention that every term start, Hillary hosts live instruction for graduate writing one and two courses, where a faculty member will review two sample student essays, offer tips, and answer questions. Also, before you consider Googling paraphrase generators, please visit your Walden University Writing Center. They have amazing staff that offer tutoring, support resources, live chat, webinars, interactive modules, and much more. Your Academic Skills Center, Library, and Writing Center are here to support you, Walden students. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to our Savvy Student Newsletter, join a webinar, and read our blog. There's so many ways to be in the know here at the ASC. So until next time, Walden students, stay savvy. Oh, I was, and I was playing with all these things. I said, I love paraphrase generators because I get away with plagiarism. <laughs> and the generator said, I adore summarized generators since I escape with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay. <laughs>